Danny Pellegrino here with a very merry iconic podcast here to tell you about AMC Plus with best Christmas ever on AMC Plus. Every day feels like Christmas morning from new holiday favorites like Elf and one of my personal favorites, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You can spend the holiday season opening up only the good stuff. Plus, you'll get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men, new series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond, and you're also getting your favorite iconic Christmas movies without having to search. AMC Plus is available on all your devices. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Hello and welcome to Colazzo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, is Manu Vett. Manu, how have you been? Yeah, very, very, very busy. I just got back from a, was it five days? Five-day trip um, through West and North Germany, um, catching a bunch of Bundesliga games, went to a bunch of different games, and... Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but very busy. How about, how about you, Bryce? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Busy with work, but uh, just enjoying all the football going on at the moment. The Bundesliga, obviously, is very exciting on our gag and pressing uh, podcast that we do. But I think things are just quite as exciting in Mexico at the moment. So we need to uh, discuss that. Um, Manu and I aren't alone today. Um, obviously, I missed the last one. That is true. But uh, joining uh, Manu again is uh ollie duxbury ollie how are you i'm good thank you very much it was been a good fun past week with the quarterfinals starting and finishing so yeah just a good exciting weekend really can't, i can't complain too much yeah and you were saying that the uh, the game times were actually a little more favorable for you uh, on this occasion which is always nice us uh, based in the uk or europe they they are at tricky times aren't they they are, yeah. I mean, this was able to finish at like 2 a.m. rather than like 5 a.m., which doesn't sound like much. But I think when you're doing that on a week after week, it makes all the difference. Yeah, it definitely does. It's uh, it's definitely hard to uh, put in a full day and then stay up to that kind of time. So mm-hmm. we do appreciate if the uh, yeah if the if the Mexican Football Association uh, could uh, bring them a bit earlier. <laughs> selfish of us. Uh, but anyway, guys, let's uh, jump in. Um, I. I feel we have plenty to talk about. Obviously, the quarterfinals happened this week, the second legs. And, yeah, it brings us then into the semis. So, oh, where, well, where where to begin? Um, Ollie, uh, let's let's go to you. Is, is there any game that you would like to kick off with? Um, anything in particular? I mean, probably from the weekend, we'll probably start with the most exciting game. It, it may not have been the most competitive of types, but I feel like Monterey Atlas, just from the viewpoint of Monterey, really putting down a marker. I think we should start with them because they were superb over these two legs against Atlas. Yeah, I think so. So this leg, for anyone that has, um, well, I don't know, been been hiding or or completely out of the loop, this um, game finished at 4-1 on the second leg, and that was uh, 6-2 overall, so 2-1 in the uh, first leg. And, yeah, we we were just discussing before we came on, weren't we, Ollie, that some of these goals were absolutely fantastic from Monterey. We all, all 
spoke about their attacking presence uh, all season, and you know they've they've got a lot of firepower up top. But some of these goals were beautiful. Yeah, they really were. I mean, it's Montreal. You do have seen this uh, tactic of it is just very much shoot on sight, and when it comes off, like especially in that second leg, the goals they scored were superb. I mean, it was aided by Atlas defending just. They, they, well, they just, they weren't defending. I think that's the whole point. They were just pretty horrendous, and it could have been a lot worse for them. But at the same time, it's at least a, cu- a couple of those goals were from like twenty yards out, from two or from like twenty yards out. One was a tap in, and then another one was just after a lovely hop with Dinko to the top from Hurtado. Yeah, I mean it was that, that attacking four that we spoke about so often. We're just working in tandem in that first half and just absolutely destroyed Atlas. Yeah, Hurtado's, uh, or the Monterey's third and Hurtado's goal was just uh, outrageous, wasn't it? Uh, just yeah. uh, in, into the D and just putting into that far top corner. That that was beautiful, really. Um, Manu, d- does this mean, um, well, what does it say for Atlas? Would 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 they sign off to this um, on a bit of a downer? You know, obviously losing 6-2 on aggregate isn't ideal, really, is it? But... Atlas haven't had that bad a season, have they? There's been lots of uh, ups and downs in, in this campaign. Uh, Marquez uh, being one issue, obviously, to our joy, Ravel Morrison joining them for a, for a bit of entertainment, but started well, faded away, then came back strong just at the end to get into the league. Yeah, would, would you say it's been a successful campaign for them? Um, well, I guess we have to take everything into account, right? And that includes the politics of the field. And I would say it was a difficult campaign for them that ended on a ended on a good note because they made the Liguella, but on a bitter note because of the way they were utterly crushed by Monterey. And I think it's not a huge surprise that they were were destroyed uh, by Monterey the way they were because just of the gulf of talent between those two sides, right? But it's it's a difficult one to quantify, Bryce, because on the one hand you have the fact that they did slide into the into the Liguela more or less on the last match day, right, and repaired a lot of damage that was done mid season. But on the other hand you have this four one defeat in the second leg. So I, I think it's a difficult one to quantify. And they will have to take a little bit of a step back and look at the whole season and analyze and see what how it all really went down. I mean, uh, Ollie, if we just speak about you know, Atlas before we uh, move away from them and talk about um, how good uh, Monterey are. I, I mean, would would you agree with uh, Manu that it was a more of a positive campaign? Obviously, we're talking about this stuff on the pitch, but more of a positive campaign than, than negative and um, if so what what will they be looking to work on uh, going into uh, well well the next one I would agree but yeah I think it's been a good campaign for them to get into the Ligia I think that's probably would have been the objective okay mm-hmm. then came up against the Monterey side they pretty much had no chance but I just from people fans I've seen on Twitter I've had interaction with some of them they really don't like Cruz who is in charge of them they say he plays these like not negative tactics but like a especially these past couple of months, refusing to play Alice Teaser, who's like their star striker. And okay, he was off and on injured for a little bit, but then for the past, for the uh, the final two games of the season and then these two matches against Monterey, he didn't start any of them and probably played like a combined total of, I think it was about 100 minutes across four, uh, across four games and in the final two legs, played what, I think it was about 60 minutes. So not really good enough. I mean, they've had some injury issues. I think Clifford being injured for so long is a, 
massive impact. He was just starting to really sort of hot up and become like the star of this team. And he was then out for about like four months. So there's stuff to look forward to, especially if they can get like Clifford and Ravel. They keep Alastair. That's a really good sort of attacking three right there. And they've got good players, but I, just, I don't know. It's tricky. At times they've been a bit hit and miss. So, but no, overall I think it's, it has been a success. But I can see why there are some grumbles though. And surely removing Cruz would not exactly be the answer, would it? I mean, no. You know, th- this is a success. They're not going to they're not going to they're not gonna ship him off. I mean, there's there's another uh, coach that's uh, been relieved of his position, which we'll get to in time. But but surely Cruz. Um, I mean, his job would be safe, and they'd be they'd be crazy to to change that. Yeah, he should be safe. He's done probably what he's been asked of them, and then but it's just what it is in Mexico. They don't. They're so inconsistent with their managers that it could be like. They, they might keep Cruz based on what he's done, but then four weeks into the Closera, and if, if they started badly, he'll be gone. And I feel like the, the majority of the fans want, want him gone as well. Mainly not based on how they've based on how they've done, but just because of how they're playing. And I think they know they could be doing so much better with someone who play, wants to play maybe a bit more expansive football. It's tricky. It, I, th- I feel like it's tricky with him yeah. because he has done he has done well, but at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it. I mean, I suppose we all know, don't we? Um, the different clubs that we were supported or followed over the years. That you know, sometimes you know, boring football can be frustrating in its uh, in itself. Um, not to say that they're all all the time boring, but you know, it it can be um, it can steady the ship, can't it? You know, and you can have a certain level of success with it, but um, it, it can be a little bit frustrating on the eye. Can't it? And maybe they'd like something more elaborate, but with that can come at a cost, right? Exactly. But I'm sure he'll be there the next campaign, and so I I hope that Atlas can grow on this. I mean, we we spoke um, early doors, didn't we? That you when they were having that run. I mean, Ole, you and I joked that wouldn't it be lovely to see them and Cruz Azul in the final because nobody would have been calling that. But um, Atlas still haven't won um, a championship since the 50s, and. I think they're moving in the right direction. Are they going to win the next one? Probably not, but they're definitely moving in the right direction, aren't they? Um, I feel let's get this one out of the way. Let's talk about uh, Cruz Azul then uh, and America. Unfortunately, over two legs, there was no goals. Um, (laughs) (laughs) America did get two sending offs uh, in the first leg, but yeah, there's not. That was the tiebreaker. That's why they got through, right? (laughs) <laughs> well, they got more sending offs. Yeah, could you imagine if that was the rule? I mean, this is probably the only league in the world that you'd say, yeah, yeah, that that that's the new rule that they're enforcing, and we believe it. Uh, but um, <laughs> obviously, it was nil nil over both legs, and uh, some will be asking, it's like, what did it go to extra time? Did it go to penalties? That doesn't happen in Liga MX. It goes down to the league position. Um, that they finished the campaign and so so it meant that obviously Cruz finished in sixth and America third so America go through um if if there's nothing uh, nothing interesting to talk about in this game um I would say let, let's just talk about that very briefly uh, we, we discussed it ever so slightly before coming on air but kind of stopped ourselves uh, didn't we um uh, Manu, do you think that that's right do you think that they should you know, just come down to league positions, or do you think it should go to extra time and, and maybe a, a penalty shootouts? I mean, I I think there's enough advantages, you know, uh, in that you get to play one of the teams further down the league if you finish higher up in the league. 
Uh, and I, I don't think that this is very fair. What do you think? I think it's an interesting rule and um, a little bit torn about it, to be frank. On the one hand, when I first when I first realized that that's how they were doing it, I thought it's fair because um, it's not a best of three, right? Or best of five or best of seven like it is in North America, which means that you uh, have more home games than away games um, as the team that finished higher up. So you have to find another way to significantly increase the advantage. The, when you think about the only reason why we have home and away in European football or in playoff football is so that both teams get a home game, right? It's it's the financial more than anything else. So I think it's an interesting way to make the regular season more meaningful. Maybe that's the way I'm going to phrase it. Because I'm currently haven't established quite myself yet if I'm for it or against it. <laughs> so would you say that the the home and away in uh, Europe, uh, maybe in Liga MX and wherever else, is more a financial thing than it just being fair to both sides get to get to play your their home advantage? Well, you know, look, if if it was just a single leg, then I think the team that finished higher up should have the home game, right? Um, that's how they would do it, but because football is also about making money you want to have each team a home game and that's really what it comes down to so i guess having this rule makes ensures that the second game um you don't only have a home advantage in the second game but you actually have an advantage gain from being better in the regular season which means over the course of 17 games there's something to be said about that you know we were with a better team over 17 games if the other team wasn't able to beat you um hence drew you then it seems fair that you know the team that had played better in the regular season over the course of a longer period of games is obviously the better one and that those two games constitute um, a fluke then you'd make the team advance that you know did better in the regular season makes sense to me and if we go to you, Ollie, what, what's your opinion on, on the way that this is uh, run you know when it comes to a nil-nil like what we witnessed yeah, I feel like I have to agree with Manu. I do think that it, you, they, a team to finish higher up, they should get an extra incentive. Okay, they've already got the one of playing a lower-ranked side, but at the same time, this is just another reason that probably the team higher up deserves a better chance to go through. But then when you do have like a nil-nil game first leg, and you've got, for example, we could also use the example of Cruz versus America, you've got a club America side who already play five at the back, love to defend, they just go do that again for the second leg, and that's exactly what they did. They very rarely attacked. They had maybe one pretty good chance, but apart from that, they were happy to just sort of concede possession to Cruz and just allow, just soak up any attack, and effectively made it a pretty boring tie overall. But if that, if they, if that's what they have to do to get through, I think they'll do it. I just think though that. Like to say, uh, say Lobos, your know, newly promoted side, say they had a crept into the Legia, you know, in seventh or eighth. Well, it's not really giving them very much advantage, you know, when it comes to, you know, what all they've achieved when, say, they had a dream, you know, Monterey. It's, it means that the big boys are still getting the advantage when they finish top of the league. Yes, they've, they've had a better league campaign, but it makes it even more challenging, you know, for maybe, um, any unexpected uh, teams to creep into the Ligue, you know? But 
I don't know, I suppose we could argue and argue this one away. But um, let's talk about uh, Cruz Azul. As you've noticed, um, with the semifinals, we're talking about the teams that have not progressed. And then we'll talk about the teams in the semifinals. Uh, but Cruz Azul, I would say a good campaign uh, uh, on on all fronts. Um, a little bit surprising, you know, that they managed to get to the Ligia. Um I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought that they were moving in the right direction after a few really abysmal ones. And I think they, I thought they were finally getting out of the stage where they were the butt of the joke. Uh, but yeah, Manu, uh, there, there's been a bit of news out of uh, Cruz this week and they've parted ways with Paco Jimenez, haven't they? This is a bit of a shock. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because, well, we I think all three of us on this part felt that Cruz Azul have actually done quite well. Um, the back in the playoffs and pff, top of my head forever took a long time for them to get <laughs> back there. And I think that finishing sixth is actually pretty decent, you know, and they were only one win away of finishing in the top three. So it's a manager change. I, I'm curious to see what happens with Paco Jimenez. I almost wonder if he got a job offer somewhere else, a uh, better offer somewhere else, because it wasn't a firing. It was mutual consent, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what comes out of the whole thing, because I do think that he did a fantastic job. Yeah, that's it. They... they went I think apart from Monterey they went the longest in the league without actually getting beat uh, but as you said it's, it's maybe more that he's got a job offer somewhere else or decided to move on maybe they 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 knew that this was going to be the case all along I don't know I mean Ollie you're probably a little bit surprised as well and a little bit disappointed I would imagine because you know he he was he was making cruises all a, a decent side again he really was I definitely disappointed i I would have to say I probably haven't been that surprised. I've covered Cruiser's all, so I've been, since Hemis has been taken over, I've obviously just been reading all their news and stuff that he's coming out with. And it's just, the more as this aperture progressed, there always seemed to be that Hemis was never going to stick around. He was always talking about going back home to Spain. I think that's one of the main reasons he wants to be, be back with his family. I think he'll, there's also, you talk about job offers, there's potential job offers. I think he's been linked with Las Palmas and Alaves, so there's that connection as well. And it's just like, he never really got on with the media. That's not, not a reason why a manager should leave, but they always seem to give him a really hard time. I think he, he commented on that when he uh, left. He said, I think he said, it didn't worry me that the media was focused on me because it was what, it was what we needed. And if, if the pressure was on the players, then maybe we wouldn't have made it to the playoffs. So it's an interesting way of looking at it. But yeah, he, it'd be the first crew side to make the Ligrea for three years. He'd be, He'd taken his time to sort of get his style into the team, and it eventually worked. And they were playing some nice football, and I think it's just then just a few too many draws in there, and especially over these two legs, just couldn't find that cutting edge to um, get past America. But it is disappointing because I would have liked to see him carry on and because re- he could really put his stamp on his team and get into the Legrea again, and then carry on doing what he's doing. But it's sad he only got only got a year to not to. Not, I say show what he thought he could do, but only show partly of what he can do. Yeah, that's it. He was very much a controversial uh, figure when he came to those uh, press conferences, wasn't mm-hmm. he? But some believe that that was to uh, distract uh, 
well distract the media from the players and by the sounds of it he he did recognize that to a degree um it took a little bit of uh, expectation off them i i think so yeah it's well good luck to him and it'll be interesting to see uh who comes in for a cruiser in the coming weeks well, we kind of know don't we wasn't there do we yeah wasn't it uh kaina from the former it does seem like it will be him yeah oh i thought Role it was a, former I thought it was just early rumors yeah no that's apparently i i don't know that much about him to be honest i know that he was at rangers and that um it wasn't the easiest of times from what I've heard, so I'm kind of curious. Maybe, Ollie, do you know anything about him? Uh, he did manage Santos Laguna uh, two, three years ago. I can't remember off the top of my head. And he, I think I think he did very well with them. So maybe coming back to Mexico could sort of like rejuvenate his career and Cruz could be a good fit for him. Yeah, but in Scotland it wasn't. I guess, no, it's, I also guess a cultural, yes. it's also a cultural thing, I guess, right? Because then yeah. um, I can't see Scottish football and Mexican football complying very much culturally no i think he brought two two mexicans with him as well and that didn't they haven't worked out at all that was pena and a herrera who are both not great in the league of mex and surprisingly haven't been great in scotland as well so stuff like that isn't ever isn't always going to help him yeah i mean to be honest rangers probably isn't the easiest of jobs anyway no. uh with the goings on there the last few years uh but um yeah well i mean it'll be interesting to see how he gets on if if that is the deal for Cruises though. Um, I suppose we'll we'll be you know watching away, especially you, Ollie, eh? But um let let's uh let's hope that things turn out well for them. It'd be good to see them uh continue on that upward trajectory. Uh, but we're, we're gonna talk about one of the other um well one of the other quarterfinals as well that resulted in two draws, so one one and one one. So yes, that means meant that Tigres uh, went past uh, Leon into the next round. Um, it was good to see, and not surprising at all, um, to be honest, uh, Manu, um, Gignac uh, mm. on the score sheet. I mean, he seems to like these uh, these bigger occasions, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of ex- we kind of prospected that, didn't we, Ollie, that he would be back yeah. on fire at the Biguela. That's, that's Gignac. I mean, that's what he does. And, um, you know, we kind of thought that, well, he's usually not, not great, um, in the, in the regular season and then really gets it on. But it wasn't just him, it was Vargas got the goal in the first leg, right? And then the, um, player that you show, gave a big shout out for, Mao Boselli, of course, he had, um, he scored a goal as well in the first leg. But, yeah, Gignac, I mean, he scores the, all important goal and I guess in the uh, first two rounds when they have this this rule with the the um, regular season being the tiebreaker then um, that goal makes a huge amount of difference yeah most certainly and Oli what, what did you make of the uh, the game were Leon a little bit uh, a little bit hard done by in that the the ruling that Liga MX that we we discussed that they they weren't able to go through after drawing two games against uh, Tigres uh, and we obviously said we all knew that Tigres would be in the league gear uh, we said this right from the start and obviously they've they've proved to us just you know, what a good side that they are and how much depth and power that they have do you think it's a little bit um, tough on Leon it is yeah because over these two legs Leon played really well to get both draws out and they were they had big opportunities in both games to 
win either game and go through. I mean, Baselli, I mean, he, he he's been a bit hot and cold. He had he, he had a good chance in the second game that he could have done. I think the real disappointment for me was uh, Elias Hernandez, just who's been unbelievable in the regular season and these two games didn't turn up and it's like he's such a crucial player for them and if he's not contributing it's like that that whole right flank is just like just gone and it's like he was just I mean Torres Nilo sort of marked out the game well but and him linking up with Baselli always helped I think quite a big miss for them though was uh Luis Montes who has been playing well he sort of played off um Baselli he's been like, like an A mid if not like advanced forward whatever you want to call it and he was, he's been injured for the past three weeks. Only played half an hour at the weekend, looked all right, but he makes a big difference. But I think overall, Leon can be quite pleased with how they've done. They came against a tough Tigre side who, like I said, I mean, they, they were able Ferretti's bench Valencia for the two games against them. So you think that's the sort of the strength and depth they've had that they can afford to have bench this guy who could just tear up the league whenever he wants to and play damn. So. And also going on to Geniac as well. He was good in the first leg, didn't score. Second leg, scored a really good header, but then missed two one-on-ones. So it's like another day he scores a hat-trick, but he gets the all-important goal that sends him through. Yeah, and then Tigers a completely outshot. You know, the rule seems harsh in this case, though I think Tigers deserve to go through. Yeah. And, you know, you look at total shots, it was 22-11. Shots on target was 6-2. Um you know, they completely played played him off the park. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably probably uh fair that Tigers went through rather than Leon in this occasion. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Leon did well, but I think another day Tigra Tigra drew a Monterey effectively and that's but they couldn't do that, but they deservedly got through, yeah. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that brings us to the third and final, well, the, the fourth quarter final game, but the third and final drawing quarter final. So that's in uh, Toluca, obviously in the first leg, uh, went 2-1 in Toluca, you know, against uh, Morelia. But then in the return leg, uh, Morelia managed to beat Toluca 2-1. So, um, yeah, obviously they drew uh, 3-3, but it meant that uh, Morelia went through. So that means out of the... Uh, Eight teams that did go through the Ligia, uh, the top four uh, progressed, which uh, I suppose kind of makes sense in, in a way, doesn't it? Um, but um, yeah, Oli, how did um, how did this game go? I mean, uh, over the two legs, do you feel that um, like Tigres that you mentioned before that uh, Morelli did deserve to go through? Hmm. May I mean I'm, I I have a soft spot for Monaco, so I might say this like rose tinted glasses. So I might say yes because. I'm just a big fan of them. I thought they did well. I mean, first leg wasn't great, like as an overall spectacle. It was a bit of a boring match. Toluca deservedly to win that. But second leg, it started wildly. It was like three goals in 20 minutes. Toluca took the lead with a lovely goal. I think it was a lovely over-the-top ball. Uribe sort of controlled it on the volley. And then the second touch, 
put it home. Then Rui Diaz equalised. The he just he's just been so good for over a year and a half now. Probably one of my favourite strikers in the league. And then the goal that to send him through was Supple Vader. I mean, I, I, I was telling you about it before, like how good a goal it was. It was basically it was a corner that corner that came in, sort of half cleared by Toluca. It was knocked back in, sort of looping up. He's got his back to goal and just bicycle kicks it into the into the top left uh, top left hand corner. So I mean, to go through is a hell of a hell of a way to do it, but. I just think yeah, overall, maybe Monaco did enough. They got to that when they got two one. They went very defensive, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Unsurprisingly, so the way we've, we've talked about before gets get you've got you know, they've got that um, higher place advantage that they can afford to, and they just I mean they took a threatened. They had the ball a lot. Sam Buesa came on and looked dangerous. He didn't start because of injury, but they looked relatively comfortable in the end. I think Monaco and could uh, are probably now the dark horse. Yeah, well, I suppose that that more or less brings us into the semi-finals, doesn't it? And I suppose we may as well start off right there. I mean, all you said just before we came on air, and now you've just reiterated that, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, you reckon that um, really are, are going to be the dark horses. Uh, well, let's, let's go to uh, Manu. Manu, do you see um, them possibly going past uh, Monterey? I mean, it, it doesn't seem like anyone can really stop Monterey, does it? Um, safe answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be with Oli in this. That uh, I think, I think they are dark horses, yeah. um, and I would love uh, Morelli to go I, I through. Think we all would, Bryce. I think, but every single one of us would like to see that, but. <sighs> Would would I put money on it if I bet it? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, I would. <laughs> no, Ollie, would you? Uh, I might put a fiver on it. <laughs> oh. oh, big spender, eh? Big, he's <laughs> confident in that side. Astrid, um, do not condone <laughs> any kind of uh, betting, etc. This is not a betting advice, etc. <laughs> completely on your own. Ollie's gonna get if a you few bet knocks on, on the door. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ollie is like, sorry, we will not be able to bring Ollie back on the podcast after what <laughs> previously. You can uh, find no, but anyway, on the football grad homepage, it's, it's somewhere <laughs> in South London. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. Let, let's let's move away. This is all getting too close to my home as well. Uh, let's go back to the football anyway. But yeah, man, you you don't see uh, Monterey being stopped. Well, you know. Th- I've been on the hesitant side with Monterey for quite some time, right? Because of the the games going into the playoffs, and then they had a really good final final match day against um, Tigers, where they got the job done and nailed down first place. And then they really got the job done against Atlas in the quarterfinals. I mean, really got the job done. You know, winning on the road two one is difficult enough, and. Um, to do what they did in the second leg is unbelievable. I mean, just go on YouTube if you haven't seen this game and watch the four goals that were scored. I think it's the third one where, or it's the fourth one, isn't it, Ollie? where Hurtado just hammers it underneath the bar. Um, I think if, is, the, yeah. if the goal was nailed down, it'd, it'd be flying. It's uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a remarkable game, and it was exactly the kind of game that Monterey have shown all season long. It's that really powerful football using the strong fast guys that they have up front to really really break down 
um, opposition sides. And the thing is, um, I don't think Morelia are strong enough physically to stop them and to to break them down. Now, the one thing maybe that um, goes for Morelia is that Monterey doesn't like to play, have the ball. This is something that we've noticed all season. They don't like to have the ball. They don't like to have possession at all. And Morelia is exactly the same. They don't like to have possession either. So Monterey will have to deal with a side that will be happily sitting back and say, well, here's the ball. See what you can do with it. And I, I think that'd be maybe the X factor in this game. It's like, how will Monterey handle the fact that they're playing a team that will be quite happy um, giving them the majority possession? And we've seen in the past that whenever... Monterey had the majority of possession. They really struggled. I mean, Oli, how do you feel Monterey need to go about this? Uh, or sorry, um, Morelia need to go about this to to beat Monterey. I mean, is it to give the ball uh, to them, just like what Manu says, or or I, I don't know. What what is the answer? I think that's what they have to do. I think they all that what they should do is watch Atlas in that first half and just do the opposite of them. They were just offering them far too much space. Obviously, okay, making individual errors doesn't, doesn't help, but they were just uh, they were really swarming forward early on and they, they were having some success putting a bit of pressure on them. But once Monterey got that ball, they were countering and just absolutely flying. And then eventually they started finding in all, all these spaces. They've got to, they've, they have to be cautious. I think that what they can do, they can look back to how they did. I think in the, I think it was the first game of this apertura, they, I believe they played Monterey at home. I think they drew nil-nil. And if I, I mean, it's quite a while ago now. But I'm trying to remember, if I remember how they played, they sort of played what, what you said like they should do, Manu. They were allowed Monterey to have the ball and sort of just sort of sat off them a little bit and just allowed them to come onto them. And Monarchos are good at that. They're good at defending deep. They've got, obviously, an unbelievably good keeper. They've got Achillea, who's one of the best centre-backs in the league. And they're, and they're good at heading, they're good at, they're, good at defending crosses but I think what they have to be where they it's difficult Monterey are just so good and they've got so many individual talented players going forward that it could be a bit it doesn't matter how good defensively you are and how well you set up any one of these can just like cut in from the left or right and just hammer a goal in from like 25 yards out so there's so many things to be wary about for them that it's hard to sort of pinpoint it yeah and there's such a strong physical side too that you know yeah. you've been praising Ruida's quite a bit but he's not a power forward he's he's a bit of a dainty striker right and he is yeah he, he plays up plays up by himself and there's time for Monterey sorry Monarch have been knocking it long it's just like it just keeps coming back and okay it's fine doing that against like the lesser teams but like against Monterey you can't afford to do that no they will punish you for it and the thing yeah. is too they will create the kind of turnovers that they love you know when when you play a long ball on a on a dainty striker like Ritas and you lose the ball in 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 any kind of play. Monar- um, Monterey will just jump on it and play that really quick counter attack, and you see it countless times. And I think that is that is a style that could hurt them. I think, yeah, it's it's difficult really to say um, Monarchs have a chance to go through here. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, if we look at the as Oli said, you know, about when the teams faced each other before. It was nil-nil um, uh, back, uh, well, right at the, the start of the campaign. But before that, uh, the last time they met prior to that was the last game of last season, wasn't it? Um, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so that has you know, added uh, 
Well, an added storyline to it because with that, um, as we've mentioned plenty of other times on the pod, one of, one of the greatest games uh, we've maybe uh, witnessed, and that was when uh, Rui Diaz uh, scored right at the end yep. for them to win 2-1, which prevented them from a relegation, but actually put them in the Ligia as well. It was phenomenal scenes as they were 1-0 up. Then there was a an equaliser from Pabon, actually, uh, from a penalty kick um, in the 86th. And then Diaz scored, yeah, on the 91st. Uh, I think this is going to just add to the uh, the story uh, of this one. And you know what? I just think, you know, Rui D- for Rui Diaz alone, I would like to see uh, uh, Monacas or Morelia go, go into the final. Because, you know, for him to have scored to keep them up um, last season um, and for them to then so many months later to then win it, would just be an unbelievable story, I think. Uh, uh, will it happen? P- probably slim chance of it happening. Uh, but um, I-, I think it would be fantastic. And so, so I- that's who I'm going to be rooting for out of the uh, two semi-final uh, games. Uh, but um, we'll just have to see how that one plays out, really. And yeah, and just what uh, tactical uh, approach they managed to uh, to take. Uh, well, let's talk about the other semi-final game then. Uh, that means America will face uh, Tigres. I, I think I've, I've got to put a very similar question to you guys, and we'll go to uh, we'll go to Manu first uh, this time. Uh, can America actually beat Tigres with all their power? Ooh. I have this down as a fifty-fifty, Bryce. And I think, really, I mean, I, I think I think people would uh, necessarily have predicted that. I think it's because. Miguel Herrera might try to shut Tigers out um, by too narrow, like narrow results. Of course, he has the disadvantage, right? That Tigers could do just start with him, um, play two one-one draws, and that would be it for for America. But I still have it down as a fifty-fifty game. Uh, maybe the small edge, the the advantage that Tigers have in this is the fact that they finished higher in the standings, right? So let's say they play zero 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 zero, then uh, Tigers will go through. But uh, the away goal rule still applies um, if it favors one of the teams, right? So uh, let's say they manage a zero zero draw and then a two two draw in the second leg, then uh, America will actually go through. So that's because that's the second tiebreaker. So I think Miguel Herrera could do it tactically like he did in the, in the, in the quarterfinals. What about you, Ollie? What, what, what do you see? Do you see it being as, as even as 50-50 like Manu? It is going to be tight. I probably do slightly favour Tigre more than America. I mean, I've actually, I mean, I've actually got the uh, America at 11, what it's going to be for tomorrow in front of me here because Herrera confirmed it earlier and he is going to go with this uh, 5-4-1 again that he has played throughout the last two games so and, that's, and he's playing that in the home leg as well so you've already seen what mentality he's setting up with straight away yeah. basically keep like like I said he's going to keep it nice and tight try and get that goal in the home or away leg and just hopefully try and go through like that I mean is he going to be able to do that against Tigre who I mean they haven't I mean with the players that they're supposed to they haven't really Show what they can do yet, maybe bar one or two games, probably. But mm. yeah, and they like to they like to fluke out in big games like that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. I, I I don't know. I feel like 
I mean, this is going to be a weird start. I feel like this could be quite a good game for Kurgan Dam. I just feel like he's going to get a bit of space in between that sort of, if they play, it depends what sort of 5-4-1 they play. If they play like a narrow one, obviously with the, the wing-backs, Dam, if he can isolate uh, Samudio, I think plays the left-back, then Dam could, Dam could actually do damage against him, which is not a sentence I thought I'd be saying after what I've been talking about the last two pods, but <laughs> 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 could, yeah, it could be interesting, but I do still prefer Tigre. They're just, they, they're, just, they're just something about them when it gets to the gear, especially, I mean, they've only been really doing that these past five, six years now, but they are, there is something about them and Ferretti can just get them to the final. Mm. I, I, I think on paper, I think Tigre's all goes through, but, uh, Miguel Herrera is a nasty bugger. He really is. And there is that that X factor. And the, the thing is, um, you know, he's been so result-oriented all, all, all year long. And the other thing is too, Bryce, these two teams know each other so well that yeah. it, it could be little things could decide it you know like i don't know like a fan throwing like an air balloon on the pitch or a bottle of water even or like something like that right there's so many factors that play into a game like that and it will be very heated it'll be a fascinating it will be a fascinating 180 minutes to watch um i think there's no doubt about that it will be really really fascinating but i think it's a very hard one to call well, may I just say that Herrera and Ferretti have met each other head-to-head in 20 different uh, occasions. And wow. wow. uh, Ferretti has actually come out on top how many times, Ollie? Oh, I don't know. Um, 13? 11. 11? Oh. Yeah, Ooh. with three draws. And that means Herrera has only won six. So, um, yeah, um, Herrera will be happy to add a seventh. Um, and an eighth uh, on there, I think. Uh, but um, the last time these two teams met, it was uh, 2-2. Uh, but that was back in August with uh, America playing a 4-3-3. So it sounds like it's going to be a very different approach to then. Um, uh, maybe to add to this, and I, I think having met Ferretti and seeing him close up in the way he plays, Tigers can be very patient. And I almost wonder, Ollie, if that defensive formation, that five four one that uh, Herrera is going with, if that is a good idea, because Tigers could also just say, "Okay, well, fine. If you don't want to attack, we'll just play two times zero zero." Yeah, because Tigre just they play that anyway. It's sort of it's not this kind of playing into their hands. It's like, okay, if you're going to just be deep with your five defenders, we can sort of pass it round, create the odd chance here and there. If you're going to come under us, and I mean, if they play how they did against Cruz. Yeah, I mean, Tiger will just go through. Yeah, exactly. Because they, I mean, America. I think they had uh, over the course of two legs, they had. Something the shot. They had two good chances in the first leg, missed a penalty in the first leg as well, and maybe and had a good chance in the second leg. But apart from that, really quiet. And that was against a crew side who are so so defensively. Tiger, mm-hmm. maybe just a bit better, but they're just stronger everywhere. Yeah. It's, Interesting tactic, considering sure he will know how Tigre play. Well, it's, it's as Manu said as well. I mean, when you look at it, Tigres don't really have to win either games. You no. know, they they you know they could draw both games and go through. So, I mean, it's not oh, like they an away goal. Bryce, they can't if it's they can only draw if the draw is the same result in both games. 
So oh, okay. the away goal rule does apply in the second leg. So if it's a 1-1 one, one and a 2-2, two, two, then, uh, then the away team will still go through. So yeah. they can only draw if the two results are the same. Ah, I'm learning something new all the time. And so will the listeners. Hey, so, so that's the benefit from this. Uh, why am I not surprised that there's uh, added levels of uh, complication to this all? Uh, fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, guys, let's, let's just go for predictions on this. I feel we have to, right? We always, well, I always try to force predictions. We've got this far. Let, let's just go for it anyway. Manu, what, what's going to be the predictions over an aggregate uh, on uh, Club America versus Tigre? Club America versus Tigers on aggregate. I'm going to say 1-1 one, one and 1-1. One, one and uh, Tigers goes through. Oh, and Oli? It's a tricky one. I think 1-0 Tigre overall. So 0-0 first leg, 1-0 Tigre second leg. Well, that's a risky result because if Club America get that goal, then they go through. I know, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, added tension, eh? I love it. I reckon that the first leg, I reckon Tigres are going to have them. I reckon they're going to beat them 2 0. And then on the, uh, on, yeah, and then I reckon the home leg, they're going to win 1 0 as America have to you know, come out of it and play a little bit. Um, because all it takes is if you're playing that defensive and all of a sudden the other side scores, well, you've got to change everything. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to really yeah. push. And all of a sudden they open up a little bit, right? And it's very hard to keep Tigres out. Yeah, so yeah. That that's that's my that's my take on it all. <laughs> oh well, then I suppose we may as well do predictions on the other one. How, um, Ollie, we've got to go to you first. Who who's going to score in? Well, well, what's the score going to be over in in that game? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. There's, there's going to be goals. I just know there's going to be goals. Um, First leg, who are Monarchs are at home. I think first leg, 1-1. One, one. Second leg, oh, I really want Monarchs to go through, but second leg, 2-1, Monterey. So that's, what, 3-2 overall. To Monterey. Well, big one. And, and Manu? Um, I'm going to say I draw on the first leg, 1-1. One, one. And then 4-0 in the second leg for Monterey. Yes, I think they, they could just blow them away easily. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say that it's... Well, I don't know. I don't know what to go for. I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's 2-all it's in Morelia. And then I think in the away leg, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there, go a bit wild, and say Morelia win two one. So Morelia go through, eh? Oh, four three. Why not? I've got to be got to be different, eh? Let's see what happens. You're anyway, gonna buy the bottle of tequila if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought we weren't into that betting kind of thing. Well, it's not for money; oh. it's for booze. That's different. That's different, is it? Okay, all right then. Okay, well, uh, we'll see. Um, well, guys, um, I, I suppose that more or less covers it. It's, it's going to be an 
a, a very entertaining uh, next few days. Uh, those games will be played on the 30th and the 3rd. That's the Club America Tigres ones. And that obviously means that the uh, Morelia and Monterey games will be on the 1st and 4th of December. That may vary depending on where you are around the world. I'm in London. So, um, God, yeah, we, we've also covered uh, Cruz Azul and their manager change, but there's there's a few other things possibly happening uh, in uh, in Liga MX coming up soon. Um, I feel we've got to talk about VAR. It looks like that is going to be rolled out in the Aperture in 2018. Um, Manu, a good decision, right? I mean, we've seen it um, being worked in uh, the Bundesliga, which we talk about every week, and we do criticise it, but it's something that hopefully in time will be a good choice for football, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Said with such hesitancy. I mean, we criticise it all the time, but I was, it, it, come on, it's got to work in the long term, right? I was just in Köln, and they have some very strong opinions about about VAR there um, I could happily share them but then we would have to introduce beeps uh, in our podcasts uh, <laughs> it's I personally like the technology Bryce I think it's it's a it's a good idea but um, I think the human factor has been a huge issue with it and I I, I had a chance to talk in March to Naib Moran and about the, the the situation of the refereeing in Mexican football and I am certain it will be a mess if they roll it out in April. Yeah, it, it's it's been, a, a, I mean, as you said, it's coming down to more the human side of it, isn't it? Yeah. It feels like it's been, uh, it's not really been, uh, I don't know, like it's, it's not been full fully educated amongst the officials. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of confusion there. I think if you look at the likes of the NFL, you know, uh, the American football, uh, and you look at rugby union where, where it's it's used as well, it, it seems to run so smooth. But, I mean, we're looking at it nowadays, and it's been in place for, for many years. And I feel that we're going to have to go through this teething period you know, before mm. it gets any better. You know, um, the, oh, oh. but Bryce, that's sad. If if they do it the same way than MLS, it will not be an issue, because Major League Soccer has actually done a pretty good job at VR, much better than the European leagues, which is almost painful to admit. But they've done a very good job. Maybe because Americans have a better understanding of using technology in sports. Is is that why you feel you feel that they've got more experience, probably you know, by teaming up with the likes of the NFL and discussing it, that well, that probably helped them. And it's also Howard Webb is in charge of it, who I think is maybe the best referee to ever refereed. Together with, uh, I was, was the guy, the Italian guys. It doesn't matter. It's off topic anyways. But Howard Webb is running the, the MLS, um, VR system and he's doing an amazing job there. And I think that's, that's really one of the big things. And I think we've seen in Spain and Spain, there was now an issue where they have VR, but they don't have goal line technology, right? And, uh, Messi scored a goal that was so obvious for everyone, yet they didn't pick it up. And then in Germany, there has been issues with VAR as well because people didn't didn't see it. And so we don't have those those many issues in MLS. Um, 
and I wonder if Liga MX, because they're geographically they're so close and they can really easily talk to those guys if they will actually be better equipped to do it. Yeah, I actually heard that uh, La Liga as well, they haven't ran out the goal line technology because it costs too much, but that's a, a, an entertaining uh, subject to discuss another day. Um, Ollie, what's your opinion on VAR? I mean, obviously you specialize in Mexican football, so you may not be as familiar with it, uh, or or are you? I mean, well, what's your opinion? I feel like it can only be a good thing. Some of the, you, you see refereeing decisions like a week in, week out that are just, some of just plain wrong. I think, I think because the reason this has been going to be brought in is because Sepulveda's goal that got Morelia through, he was actually offside. Mm. Pretty sure that I think that is the reason. Yeah, so clearly it's taken something a bit drastic okay it's not one of the big sides but to, for it to be implemented I think it can only be good there's so many like I said it's just offside is the main thing that the officials just like get wrong just time and time again even there's red cards as well where just they just go straight for the just straight red straight away after like two seconds of looking at it don't even like think so it, it, it should be it, it can only help because the decisions they make when they make them when they're wrong they're like really wrong so it can only be a good thing how it how it works so i mean in mexico i have no idea because some of the volatile managers on the i'm thinking of herrera screaming at var all the time so yeah, yeah it, it's it's going to be more entertainment and more uh, fireworks isn't it on the sidelines yeah. as all this goes on um it'll it'll be interesting to see how that all is rolled out and just how well they might surprise us. They might do a better job than what they are maybe in the Bundesliga. But well, um, that'd be easy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well, if if you want to hear more rants about VAR, you can always check out the bit the the Gag and Pressing podcast with uh, Manu and I. But um, yeah, there's another. Um, is there a, a uh, it, it, there's more rulings coming possibly into the uh, Liga MX? Uh, Ollie, you you talked about this um, before the. Uh, the podcast checked off is what, what exactly is going on here by playing youth players youth mexican players yeah i think this was a rule that they had a few years ago i think in 2000 it must be like six seven years ago i was, I was reading this earlier called the 2011 rule and basically this when this comes to it basically allows young mexican players and an opportunity to play i think i if i remember the top of my head they have to I think it must under 20s have to play like a minimum. Or I can't remember if it's how many under 20s have to play it, or it has to be. I think it's 600, 765 minutes that a club has to play to under 20 players. I, I, it could be. I think it could be the same player or like a group of them together. But I think I think they use this when they, you had the likes of um, uh, Hernandez uh, and Andreas Guardado coming through, and they've obviously shown what they can do with them. And obviously, with, you've had the 10-8 rule and the 9-9 rule recently, with the for, obviously to do with foreign players, and you've seen a lot less Mexicans just playing. I think the, the, the obvious, you can just take a look at the, the uh, leading scorers, and there's barely any Mexicans on there. I think we've discussed that before. So it's an interesting thing. They've got this in Chile at the moment where it seems to be working. I don't obviously follow the Chilean league that much, but I feel like it can only be a good thing. And it shows young players can do work. The, the obvious example, Diego Lyons and if he decides to become Mexican, Jonathan Gonzalez at Monterey. Yeah, I I, I just watched the uh, latest Club de Cuervo episode on Netflix. 
uh, on Liga Max, and there's actually Rafa Marcus actually is in this episode, and they they have like a secret player meeting somewhere in a bar where they discuss the foreign limitation rule, and then uh, Rafa Marcus says it's um it's a it's about time that we get more rights for Mexican players, etc. And he like makes this like big appeal for players union and. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool because they have like all the the players. So obviously the players want it, right? There's there seems to be um, yeah one of the talking points for the for the players. And um, Rafa Marcus has been a big advocate to bring in uh, players union. It's it's pretty cool how he even lobbies on Netflix for it now. So I, I feel like that uh, the players really want it, and I could see the owners not wanting it very much because they would probably just want to bring in as many foreign superstars as they could, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting one for sure. Um, I'm personally don't believe in foreign uh, limitation rules. I don't think they work. Um, I don't think that's the way to improve your national team side. Uh, it's it's something that I follow closely with the work I've done in and on Russian on Russian football. That the they 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 are strong believers in the limitation rules as well, but. I always say to the people in Russia, look, um, look at the two strongest countries on this planet over the last 10 years. And they were Germany and Spain, and neither one of their leagues have any sort of limitation rules um, whatsoever, right? The, mm-hmm. kids, the, the kids were promoted because the youth academies are strong. So if you want to bring up good youth players into your league system, the only way to do it is, is to um, invest money into your youth infrastructure, um, rather than set artificial numbers that no one really wants to meet and then it cheats on the numbers as well. So that's my take on it. I personally think it's all unnecessary bureaucratic hurdles that the clubs will sort of try to get around anyways. Yeah, interesting times. Eh? We're, we're going to have to see if the uh, the benefits of it are there in the future. But very quickly, uh, the World Cup draw is on Friday uh, taking place. Uh, that means we're all going to be keeping an eye out on that to see how Eltre get on. Uh, they're going to be in part two, meaning that they're going to be in with, well, they, they should, in theory, be the second best team within their group. Um Manu, going into this, I mean, they're in the same part as Spain, Peru, Switzerland, Colombia, England, uh, Uruguay, and Croatia. Who are Mexico going to want to avoid getting in the likes of part one, three, and four? And and how well do you think uh, they they should get on? Well, I think if you, you don't want to get Germany, Brazil, Argentina from part one, right? Um, yeah, Russia, the, the, Russia, Russia you, they, they know Russia if they've beaten them in the Confed Cup I don't think they would worry about them um, then from pot 3 they cannot get Costa Rica because that's the same confederation so um, Sweden is probably the one for them to avoid, maybe Iceland uh, I could see Iceland being a nasty opposition and then pot 4 uh, I think they know Japan quite well, they can't get Panama, South Korea, Saudi Arabia. Uh, you know, the team to avoid is maybe Serbia. Serbia is always uh, a country that can be a, a tricky opposition to play. So I think that's really the, the teams that they want to avoid. Yeah, I would say you're probably right with that. I mean, maybe getting Russia, Iran. I'm just, I, I don't know. Serbia, maybe? I, I don't know. I mean... 
Well, they it's can't gonna get be two. The... I think. Oh yeah, you can have two European teams. I think that's the only yeah. continent that can have two in each group. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, Ollie, um, how do you feel um, Mexico should get on uh, now that they're based in part two of the draw ahead of Friday? What are the expectations? How far would they be hoping to go? Um, it's probably look look probably knockout stage. If they get to the quarter, probably quarterfinals at uh, a push. Depending, it's all it's all depending on the groups, and then you can go from there. Really, but I feel like they will be a last sixteen minimum. Then if they can get into the quarterfinals, that'll be like a big success. So I feel like that's probably as good as they can go for at the moment, personally. Yeah, I would go along with that quarterfinals. Yeah. I, th- I think we're all agreeing on that one. But um, Friday will be an interesting day for uh, Mexico and everyone else involved with the World Cup. I'm sure all of our eyes will be uh, heading in that direction to just see what the outcome will be uh, in Russia next summer for all the nations. But um, that more or less does it. So exciting times ahead with the uh, Ligia semi-finals. Uh, by the time we come on again, we'll be able to discuss uh, Trey and who they've got in that group, but also who's going to be in the final of uh, this uh, Ligia championship. So um, a lot of uh, exciting times ahead. Um, Ollie, may I say thank you very much uh, once again for coming on the podcast. We always enjoy having you on here. Um, what would you like to uh, draw people's attention to this coming week? Have you got anything going on or where can people find you on Twitter? Well, my pleasure for having me on again. Uh, I would, you can find me on Twitter at FRFootballOllie. Have I got anything on, on this week? It, literally the only thing I've got on this week is the semi-finals. So just follow me on Twitter because I'll be live tweeting every single game this week. So, I was looking forward to that that starts tomorrow. Nice, exciting, eh? And Manu, um, obviously you're going to be hoping to rid yourself of this cold that you've managed to pick up in Cologne. Uh, but um, what have you got going on this weekend? I hear your the game that you were hoping to go to, it hasn't it hasn't happened, which is a bit un, unlike you. <laughs> yeah. You're I, always going to games. Yeah, I'm going to the 1860 game on Friday and then I'm taking, uh, I, I'll be doing things uh, Friday, Saturday. Of course, uh, follow the Bundesliga and um, the draw, the World Cup draw. We'll have stuff special on that on footballgrad.com, of course, and um, break down the group stages a little bit, every single group. And so that will be the special for the weekend. And then, of course, um, you know, we're getting to the final Champions League, Europa League match day. So we'll have the previews for that. And that's, I think, it. Pretty sure that's that's all. I'm pretty sure next week we'll be busy again. <laughs> You're always busy, Manu. I, th- I think you're going to just one football game this this weekend. Uh, we'll could do be you still any more. I'm still waiting to hear back from a few, so we'll t- we'll talk about this next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, if you need um, some more football in your life, head over to Twitter at Football Grad Live, where there's constant feeds of European and um, well not even just European but world football um, fed into your lives um, but um, yeah and also maybe head over to iTunes and give us a bit of a rating if you've appreciated our, our talk here as always I've been your host Bryce Dunn and you can find me on Twitter at Bryce Dunn 11 thank you for tuning in and enjoy all the football coming your way
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.